Good morning, and welcome to Simply Science. It's Saturday, January 27th. On today's show, Chinese scientists are leaving top U.S. universities to take up roles in China, and students wow judges at the regional science fair. Plus, scientists propose an updated timescale scheme of the Earth's moon. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Science. We start off with a significant shift in the global scientific community. Hundreds of Chinese scientists previously affiliated with American universities are returning to institutions in China, a trend that's boosting Beijing's race for global talent. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent from Simply Science. Indeed, David. This trend has been quite noticeable. High-profile Chinese scientists are leaving top positions in the US and other countries to take up roles in China. This includes twin scientists from Tsinghua University, who returned to China after completing their postdoctoral research in North America. What could be the reasons behind this shift? There could be several factors at play. One is the increasing investment in science and technology by the Chinese government. They are offering attractive packages to lure top talent back home. Additionally, some scientists have faced scrutiny in the US over their foreign ties, which might have influenced their decision to return to China. Can you tell us more about the scientists who have made this move? Certainly. One of the most notable is Gao Huajian, an acclaimed physicist who taught at Stanford and has now joined Tsinghua University. Then there's Sun Song, an award-winning geometer who left California for a position in China. Kunliang Guan, a MacArthur genius biochemist, has also moved to China. And it's not just US-based scientists. Zhang Yonghao, a British chair professor, has joined China's hypersonic program after more than 20 years in Britain. What about the impact on the scientific community in the US and other countries? The departure of these scientists could have significant implications. They are leading experts in their fields, and their loss could affect the research capabilities of the institutions they've left. However, it also opens up opportunities for new talent to step in. And what does this mean for China's scientific ambitions? This trend is certainly a boost for China's scientific ambitions. The return of these high-profile scientists not only brings their expertise back home, but also enhances China's reputation as a global leader in scientific research. It's a clear indication of China's growing influence in the global scientific community. Thanks for that insightful analysis, James. Now, let's shift our focus to the world of education, where STEM is being heavily emphasized in schools and students are responding with innovative projects. At the third annual regional science fair at Bay Haven Charter Academy, students showcased 30 science projects. Here to discuss this further is Abby, a correspondent for Simply Science. Can you tell us more about these projects? Certainly, David. The projects were quite diverse and creative. For instance, one student invented an automatic tortoise feeder, while another explored how music affects plants. All the students participating in the competition came from Bay Haven and University Academy. And who were the judges for this event? The judging panel was quite diverse, including faculty from Florida State University, personnel from a Navy base, and former science teachers. They were all impressed by the level of the projects this year. 
What was the general sentiment about the quality of the projects this year? The Regional Science Fair director, Diana Catangoli, expressed immense pride in the students. She highlighted their hard work, especially considering the challenges of the past few years with COVID and Hurricane Michael. She also noted a significant amount of growth this year, with students demonstrating out-of-the-box thinking. What's next for these young scientists? Twelve of the projects from the Regional Science Fair will move on to the state competition, where they'll be up against more than 600 students. It's a great opportunity for these students to showcase their work on a larger stage. That's certainly something to look forward to. Thanks, Abby. Speaking of forward-looking, scientists have proposed an updated timescale scheme of the Earth's moon, dividing its evolutionary history into three distinct phases. These phases provide insights into the temporal dynamics of lunar evolution. Here to delve deeper into this topic is our correspondent, Bella. Can you explain these three phases for us? Certainly, David. The three phases are defined as eon-level timescale units. The first is the Eolunarian Eon, which spans from 4.52 to 4.31 billion years ago. This phase refers to the formation of the magma ocean, differentiation, and the solidification of the primary crust, largely involving endogenic forces and processes. The second phase is the Paleolunarian Eon, from 4.31 to 3.16 billion years ago, characterized by a mix of endogenic and exogenic processes, including significant volcanic activities and great impact events. The third phase, the Neolunarian Eon, from 3.6 billion years ago to the present, is dominated by exogenic processes, with reduced volcanic activities and a prevalence of impact events modifying the lunar surface. Interesting. And how does the study led by Dr. Dijun Guo, Dr. Zhang Lu, and Dr. James W. Head fit into this? The team identified the ejecta stratum of the South Pole Aitken Basin and named it Das Formation. This is the oldest stratum resulting from exogenic processes within the lunar crust, and it serves as the boundary between the Eolunarian and Paleolunarian eons. By using the Das formation as a marker, the previously defined pre-Nectarian period is further divided into two distinct periods, the early magma Oceanian period and the relatively later Aitkenian period. So, what does this newly proposed lunar timescale scheme mean for our understanding of the Moon's history? This new scheme, consisting of three eons and six periods units, offers a systematic framework for describing the evolutionary history of the moon. It effectively illustrates the progression, development, and transformation of both endogenic and exogenic processes that have taken place on the moon. This scheme has been applied in the 1-2.5 million scale lunar global geologic map compiled by the same group, and it holds significant implications for studying the geological evolution of other terrestrial planets. From the mysteries of our closest celestial neighbor, we now turn our attention back to Earth, specifically to the UNC Eshelman School of Pharmacy. They're offering STEM students a unique opportunity to explore core areas of pharmaceutical science through a new undergraduate minor. The minor is designed to prepare students for advanced study in the health sciences or a career in the pharmaceutical or biotechnology industries. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Celeste. Can you tell us more about this new minor and its objectives? Certainly, David. The Minor in Pharmaceutical Sciences is a new program that aims to provide students with a solid foundation in the core areas of pharmaceutical science. 
This includes everything from drug discovery and development to the application of drugs in patient care. The program is designed to prepare students for advanced study in the health sciences or for careers in the pharmaceutical or biotechnology industries. Who are the students who have enrolled in this new minor? The first cohort of the minor consists of 13 Carolina students with majors in STEM-related fields. One of these students is Steven Nizzolo, a junior with a double major in neuroscience and chemistry. Nizzolo is involved in student government and is also part of the North Carolina Fellows Program, a student leadership organization. He has expressed a keen interest in drug delivery and sees the minor as a stepping stone towards a doctoral program in the pharmaceutical sciences, immunology, or chemistry. How does this minor integrate with the existing programs at the UNC Eshelman School of Pharmacy? The minor takes advantage of the existing faculty expertise and courses at the pharmacy school. It's designed to help students build fundamental technical language and knowledge in the pharmaceutical sciences. It also aims to raise awareness about potential applications and career paths among undergraduates from different majors. What are the future plans for this minor? The program director for the minor, Scott Singleton, has expressed excitement about the journey ahead with the inaugural cohort of students. He believes that these students are poised to make significant contributions to the world of pharmaceutical research and patient care. Applications for the minor in pharmaceutical sciences will reopen in August 2024. Thanks for the insights, Celeste. We'll definitely keep an eye on that program. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Science. We'll see you back here tomorrow.